This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. It is never going to cease to amaze me how much of an event the draft is every year. And it seems to just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like Tom, there were I think th- it was a party last night, man. There were three NBA playoff games last night. I think oh, two, right. two were clinchers. And I didn't watch a single second of that. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I heard it, Chris Paul have like, the greatest game ever. He like shot perfect from the field. Yeah, no, it's had odd. thirty That's points. So Chris Paul, his perfect from the free throw moment, line. No in a clincher without teammate Devin Booker. No, didn't... Booker played. Oh no way! Yeah, he did. Really? Uh, you weren't watching because I was watching not watching. No. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't yeah, care less. It, I mean, it, the NFL is king whenever the NFL decides to be king. It doesn't it is, matter if it's the NBA playoffs or not. It is the greatest sports spectacle that does not contain any actual sports play. <laughs> it's just names being read from a piece of paper when you really boil it down. But it's gotten this like Oscars feel now, right? Absolutely. Like there's a red carpet oh, and they're how dressed much, to the nines. How much do you want to bet, Tom, that more people tune in for the NFL draft every year than they do the Oscars? I would not be surprised about that. I mean, you saw the crowd at Vegas, and right. it was the first draft since COVID started that you could really open it up and have a lot of people out there. I think for the it. one in Cleveland last year did, but it was still it was kind of Cleveland. limited. It was in Cleveland, a <laughs> and it was pre-vaccine, so right, of course, yeah. So, it was so like people were a little different uh, time, yeah. But sunny, gorgeous Las Vegas. Right. It was, it looked like a party. It's incredible how much of a spectacle. Meanwhile, compared to Cleveland, is. I'm pretty sure it poured in Cleveland last year. The entire time. It was yeah. just a miserable day. But not the case yesterday. It looked like it was a lot of fun. It looked like it's going to be a ton of fun the entire weekend for people that are out there. But as far as what went down in the draft, uh, just starting with the number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, you know, I think, you know, Jerry Dulac said on the our broadcast last night with Mike Prezuda and Max Starks to kick things off that it was no surprise if it was going to be Walker or Hutchinson one or two. It was just a matter of who was going to be the one and who mm-hmm. was going to be the two. So you didn't really have that slam dunk number one overall pick like you do sometimes a year ago when this happened and the Jags were picking and Trevor Lawrence was obviously going to be the pick. Wasn't that necessarily the case, but it was really between just two guys and Went with Trayvon Walker, linebacker out of Georgia. And then Hutchinson obviously goes to the Lions, which, honestly, as far as the storyline is concerned, that's the way you wanted it to shake out, just being a casual fan, right? Or even if you're a fan of those teams, because you get the guy who was a Heisman Trophy finalist from Michigan, won the Big Ten for you, went to the Rose Bowl, I believe. I don't think it was the Rose Bowl, but went to a BCS playoff game. Mm. Lost, but you were still there. Now he gets to play for hometown pro team, the Detroit Lions. It's it's very Pickett-esque when you think about it, right? It is, except for the fact that I'd much rather be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> than, the than the Detroit Lions. Lions. I have a couple friends saying, that— You know what I mean? As a fan base, like most sure, of those yeah, I get overlap. That. Like a Michigan Wolverine fan is probably going to be a I Detroit get that. Lions fan. And like, I don't know. I know that Kenny is from New Jersey. Aiden Hutchinson— is from looking it up right now. He's fr- oh wow, actually he's from Michigan. Yeah, he's so it's a kid. it's a true it's a hometown, hometown, hometown. It really kid. is. However, I do have a lot of friends that went to the University of Michigan, and I texted all of them saying I feel so bad for Hutch. 
Really? Do you? Because we've yeah, talked because our... like it's isn't this a Drew Lions? But we've talked on our show before about how you know we like Dan Campbell and how oh we, we love think Dan that the Campbell. Man Campbell's going to start turning things around a little bit. There. You know who else we love? Jim Caldwell. Guess what they did to that guy after making the playoffs? That's true, but maybe they learned from their mistakes. I don't know. Are the Detroit Lions a franchise that gives you the hope that they've learned from their mistakes in the past? Though? No, but they're a franchise that is, I think, at least trying. I mean, they traded up for I Jameson Williams, too, so they got a weapon at wide receiver for, I guess, Jared Goff. But like, so Okay, so there's another thing, too, that we can discuss while we're on the topic of the Lions. They traded up into the first round, and I thought that was the indication, oh, man— Pick they're gonna get or Willis. They're time. gonna get Willis because I think it was after the picket. I don't think it's a far fetched to that of an idea that they're gonna sneak up into the early second round and maybe take Willis. Well, I think still. they are still fairly they're still early a team for Willis, right? Like they're a team you still circle for Willis. Because, like again, we talked about this briefly the last episode. Only the Seahawks really Seahawks, are ahead of them. Falcons. That's yeah, it. They pick at forty six, but you gotta worry about teams jumping up in front of you. That's, That's true. The biggest problem. That's know? true. So it's it's. I mean, maybe they don't get Willis. Maybe they get Corral. Maybe they like Desmond Ritter. I don't know. Both of those just seemed like settling, even when you were saying that. You know what I mean? Well, like, so it's like, so oh, it's so Corral, bad. I Ritter. shouldn't I shouldn't be saying okay, well, I said that about Corral and Ritter, but I, I wouldn't consider it settling for Willis if somehow he makes it to them or if they trade up to get him. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly just think that that's gonna happen. I think the Lions are gonna be the team that pulls the trigger. Uh, they just have shown and that, the, the aggressiveness what a, what a combination that could be. You know, Malik Willis to Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams fell and a they lot have a good farther. Game there, don't forget. So. Right, Jameson Williams fell a lot farther than I think a lot of people expected him to. And the Lions, you know, they have talent on the defensive side of the ball now, especially with Aiden Hutchinson, if he can be that guy as right. far as an edge rusher is concerned. So, I mean, they're building something for sure in Detroit. I would like to see them go all the way in and get aggressive tonight uh, for sure. And then, You know why I would like to see that? Because, to be honest, they're kind of like the Cleveland Browns in the NFC. You never really feel threatened by them, no matter how many moves <laughs> they make. So, like, have, have at it, Detroit. You know, do what you want to do. It's going to be fun to see you guys try, but yeah, I'm not going to feel— As far as uh, the difference for us, though, it'd be— It means like nothing. we like it if Detroit would become good. You know what I mean? It like, means nothing to us. We don't want Cleveland to be good. I mean, right, exactly. It means nothing to but us. But if Detroit was uh, going on a little bit of a heater, I bet we would start to be a little bit like, oh, I like the Lions, right? You know? Mm-hmm. That's just like, that's adorable. It's a, it's a fun team to root for if you're on the AFC side of things. Yeah, to beat the crap out of Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and the Packers, who we'll get to for sure in a minute. But right. The big surprise—well, not the big surprise. It wasn't a surprise, but the big— unknown came when the Houston Texans were going to pick who were they going to take because again because, there's just so many needs on the board they because it, it also it also seemed that the consensus one first and second pick were going to be Walker and Hutch exactly so this is when you first got your mystery at least as far as people picking at home or trying to gamble on this was concerned and we had speculated in a lot of mock drafts that we did that they were going to take a playmaker that wasn't really going to affect their tanking and, and mm-hmm. getting a bad pick this year, but still build to our positive future on the defensive and side. And we were right. And we even nailed the secondary part of it because we were really targeting Kyle Hamilton for them at that number three pick, but they decided to go with Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. Bit of a surprise that he was the first corner taken off the board, no? Mm. I mean, I think Sauce Gardner was who, by the way, went one I pick I could have later seen it going. We, exactly. He went one pick later. So I don't see I don't I don't see it as a as a big surprise that he went first, Stingley. Well, people were saying, especially in the buildup for the coverage I saw yesterday, like 
this guy could be the better corner, even though Sauce was kind of the guy all year long. Like It seemed like this was a late push from Stingley, but I think they were 1A and 1B as far as this class. Like Those are two top dog, lockdown cornerbacks, your number one guys, and I don't think you could have gone wrong with either one. Like I think Houston and New York both picked great players. Yeah, I think both the Sauce Gardner pick and the Derek Stingley pick are good picks. I just personally wasn't – I mean, and I think it, it's proven because they went back-to-back that it, it didn't come as a surprise that, oh, man, Derek Stingley went first. Yeah, right. And, man, you see how pumped up Robert Sala was when they got Sauce Gardner? Right. But it, that must have been – they must have been having a panic attack when the Texans were picking. And then when they see cornerback maybe flash before anything, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my God, no. I but think clearly the, the Jets were circling Sauce first overall. Like, big, that was their guy. Right. Bigger than that, that, you know, Stingley maybe went before Garner was, and we can get to this later once we talk about the Ravens' overall first-round yeah, performance. the guy we the thought was going to go to Houston. The fall of Kyle Hamilton. Probably the biggest fall other than Malik Willis on draft night, right? And Malik Willis was someone that we were kind of thinking maybe could fall. We didn't think Kyle Hamilton was going to fall, and there was a chance. It was getting to a point where, hey, maybe the it started, Steelers It started to him, become right? where, like, oh, my, it, it was a lot. I think a lot of Pittsburgh was on. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Jordan Davis watch. And then But you, Jacob, I know we're kinda on Kyle Hamilton watch too, the more he kept sliding. The down more the I mean, once he got out, out of, of the, the top, top ten, 10 like, it oh, was boy. what is happening? Because you think he could be the best defensive. Like no, I don't want to say he's gonna be Micah Parsons, but as far as impact, he could be this year's Micah Parsons. Like come on the field. I instant, think it could be instant rookie of the year. Him or the guy that went right player. before him, him or Jordan Davis. As far as just Defensive rookie of the year from the gay from the jump, like so much better and yeah. so much ahead of the curve than anybody else in this class. It's either those two in your mind. I think so. And it how it really hurt to see them go back to back. They were still both standing there at thirteen or at at thirteen. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, if they fall in this far, another seven or six picks wouldn't be, I guess, out, out of this of the world. Question, yeah. And then they both go back to back, and unfortunately, one of them went to Baltimore. Surprisingly, just because Kyle Hamilton didn't fall or we'll, fell we'll that far, I, everyone was predicting that the Ravens were going to get Jordan Davis, but they yeah. still got a really good guy in Kyle Hamilton. We'll see them both this year for sure. I mean, Hamilton I twice, think, and then we'll right. Pittsburgh goes to Philly. So I think we'll get now to deal with Jordan Davis. Now with Kyle Hamilton, it's now Kyle. Think about it. If Kyle Hamilton starts, which I expect him to do, so he's going to Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. That is a that is not an easy secondary to pass on. No question. Uh, one last team I want to touch on into the top ten was the Giants, and I like the picks of Thibodeau and Evan Neal. I, I think that those are grassroots kind of picks, uh, building on both sides of the football. You know what that tells after me? The passer and protecting the the quarterback as well. I don't think that this might be the quarterback that they're going to be protecting no. for the majority of their time Evan Neal I'm talking about playing there but but that, I think this, it's a good foundation start this is the narrative the same thing that we were talking about with the Texans build your team up not to the point where it eliminates you from a quarterback next in year, the future right. but they obviously weren't interested in a quarterback this year they could but have a good team build when the quarterback right comes in. build around that quarterback and next year you expect to be just as bad with Daniel Jones at the helm so you can be in place to get a quarterback next year. And then, of course, the Seahawks, the second they trade Russell Wilson away, what do they do with their top 10 pick? They spend it on protection for a quarterback, something mm-hmm. that he has been pounding the table for more of 
since his time in Seattle. I, they're an interesting team from Malik Willis too, man. They got this guy from Mississippi State. Well, now yeah, to play I, offensive I, I, I think it's smart they still that have they DK Metcalf. They still have Tyler Lockett. Like, if they can get Malik Willis and he can get up to speed faster than people think, like, they might not be as terrible as people think this year. I like the fact that they didn't reach on Willis. You know, you didn't jump the gun. You didn't say, and I don't might, know if he could be there. It might pay off big time if he's there when they're picking. Sure, because the now round. you have this what five, this top recruit, this top tackle. Yep, uh, I'm blanking on Charles his name, Cross. Charles Cross, out of Mississippi State. Thank you, but you have a top ten guy on your offensive line now, and you could get the quarterback. I think it's it was a, a good move by them, for sure. And they have two they have two chances to get Malik Willis if he's there because they have the back to back picks. Yeah, exactly. Or they can maybe package one of those picks and mm-hmm. trade up a little bit if they wanted to. Uh, you want to run- talk about the the other team that had two top ten picks, the New York Jets? Yeah, because that actually segues nicely into I was going to get into the wide receiver run that right. Went on so too, they went started we- with Drake London with the Falcons, of course. Which sure, you've been saying forever, Jacob. Who are they going to throw to in Atlanta? Who are they going to throw to in Atlanta? Well, well they got they the number one guy. You. Yeah, they went out and addressed that. And then the Jets, of course, taking Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State at 10. Before we get to the Jets, while we're on the topic of the receivers, the problem with Atlanta is, do you really trust Marcus Mariota throwing London the ball? (sighs) Probably not. No. But I trust whoever maybe comes in next year to throw Jake London the ball. You know what I mean? Sure. Just more foundation work being laid by a team here. I don't know where Atlanta, we, we know that Atlanta picks somewhere near the top of that second round. Atlanta picks at 43, so they are right after those back to back Seahawk picks. Right before, no, right after Seattle's uh, back to back. Yeah, picks sorry, 40, right 41. after. My bad, my bad. So, I mean, if they don't get Willis again, I, I I'm gonna my tone of voice makes it sound like they're maybe settling for Corral or Ritter. But at this point, I would kind of like either of them more than I like Marcus Mariota right now. It's funny how Drake London goes, then Charles Cross goes, then Garrett Wilson goes, and then the teams that need receivers that wanted receivers knew what time it was. It was receiver time. Saints Mm -hmm. traded up. They got Olave. Lions traded up. They got Jamison Williams. Uh, This is an incredibly stacked receivers class, but especially at the top with the top-tier guys, especially those guys we just mentioned. And I really applaud the aggressiveness of the Saints and the Lions for – recognizing, oh, bleep, Garrett Wilson's now gone from the Jets. This it's it, this is going to happen now. These receivers are going to start flying off the board. We want these guys. Let's go up there and get them. And the two Ohio State guys going back-to-back, Wilson 10, sure. Olave 11. Maybe you a little think... bit of a surprise with Olave going that high, but I, I think that dude has a tremendous talent. I don't think the sure. Saints are going to regret that pick in the future. I believe you were here. while. So before we, we move on completely from the Jets, we were watching together the Garrett Wilson one once they made the pick. I believe they said his his uh, NFL comparison was to Lynn Swan. Yeah, it was. And they were say, talking about body control. And we saw this one catch that Garrett Wilson made that ESPN was showing. The elevation he got and then the way he contorted his body to the outer sideline. It was it was almost like you were watching acrobatics in the Olympics to get that elevation and to get your body in position to catch the ball and then actually make the catch. I think when Garrett Wilson was taken off the board right after, two picks later after Drake London, I think the Saints got a little afraid, got a yeah, little I scared. Think right. I think they're right. Can, can someone, 
can maybe you uh, maybe answer this question? What is the deal with Michael Thomas in New Orleans? Is that guy ever going to play again? I don't know, but because they went, I don't they think went back you, to that Ohio State well, maybe to find right, a place. I don't think you make that move into what pick eleven. Oh no, I think they would still. You always need to, and it'd be a great I guess pairing so. with Thomas and Olave. But you can't trust Thomas, so you might as well go. You can I mean, I, I have no idea what's going on with Michael Thomas. Think about this too with the Falcons, man. Imagine they just, you know, bridge year this year with Mariota, Drake London, Calvin Ridley's back from suspension, Kyle Pitts. That's a pretty good receiving core on paper, right? Potentially. Uh, no. Okay. Well, Moving Patterson, on. I don't really consider the receiver. What I I said Ridley it, when he's done with the suspension. Oh, Ridley, like when fast, you're saying like bridge sure. year this year, yeah, okay, yeah, and then okay. when you get your guy in Atlanta, you already have Drake London, Ridley's coming back if you want him back, and he's in shape. And Kyle Pitts. Pretty good core there for a quarterback to work with. That's all that's the point that I was just Yeah, no, I mean there. but No, I agree. I think it could I mean we're we're talking about it being one of the weakest receiving cores or pass catcher cores. Could become better than that yeah. real quick. As far as history is concerned, six wide receivers were taken in the top twenty or top nineteen even. That was the first time that that's ever happened in the history of the draft. It just uh, shows you Jahan how good Dot- this class really is. Yep. Jahan Dotson went to the Commanders at number sixteen. Burks went to the Titans. They traded AJ Brown. We gotta away. talk about this. Yep, that's where I'm going. They traded AJ Brown away, slided into the Eagles pick at eighteen. And pick Traylon Burks right there, so, the wide receiver out of Arkansas. So, interestingly, this was shipped from Tennessee to get a little cheaper wide receiver. Maybe uh, pays off big dividends by having a cheaper contract with just as good production if he pans out. Interestingly enough, this was the second trade that involved a wide receiver, but it was by far the bigger of the two because the, yeah, the first Brown one to come to the was the Hollywood Brown trade. But yeah, I, I when that happened, I saw I thought really. Someone paid a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown? Really? Really? I, I don't think he was a first-round pick when the Ravens selected him, was he? I believe he was like a second or third. No, I think he was a first-round pick because I he? watched a uh, little draft build-up last night. He was one of the guys taken before DK in the first round. Yeah, you're right. Before pick DK one, Around one, pick 25, so there you go. And but could have had Metcalf. <laughs> could have had Metcalf. I mean, I'm sure... Lamar Jackson would have been thrilled. We all saw, I mean, you saw the tweet, yeah, right? Yeah, we're going to get to who our biggest winner of the draft is, but here's my spoiler alert. I think it's the Ravens. I think so it's Lamar the Ravens Jackson too. should just be quiet. Shut up. Right? Just like, shut up. Just stop talking. <laughs> like, I, But I do get his frustration. He needs a wide receiver. But at the same time, it ain't Marquise Hollywood Brown. No, it's not. So, like, they're going to get you a wide receiver. But and guess what? Him. And guess what? The guy that you got in return for him is going to help you avoid is going to keep you a lot safer in the pocket mm-hmm. than Marquise Hollywood-Brown could do for you as a receiving option, I think. But anyways, getting back to the receivers here, specifically the Titans in that trade with A.J. Brown, the the the, the Hollywood-Brown trade happened, I thought, okay, that's kind of weird. And then the A.J. Brown news broke, I said, what is happening? Well, I think the Eagles, I applaud them so much because they didn't get one of the big top-tier guys, but they said, we're walking away with this draft class with a stud wide receiver. So they had to pay a lot more for it, but they got it. And they now, had to pay a lot Smith more. Smith and AJ sure. Brown. You got all the tools you need if you're Jalen Hurts, right? Think about that receiving so the Eagles 
are as weak as it gets when it comes to receiving cores, right? They well, just pistol- have in just recent history, just it's their track record. They, oh, have they can't get it right. They can't get the receivers. Absolutely no one. What would you say the best one they've had in recent memory was Alshon Jeffrey when they made those Super Bowl? Oh World, man. Like, right? Like when they made the but Super Bowl. But even that run, was that was past his prime, Alshon Jeffrey. Like even that yeah, that was I mean his prime was in um, Chicago. Chicago, right. So yeah, but now, but now, but, okay. I'm sorry. There. They've been trying to find it forever, though. For a long time, spot. but and now I think they've got it now. You go out and you get Devontae Smith. You go out and you trade for AJ Brown. It's a really good. All of a sudden, it's a really, really solid receiving. Court. And I think it's good business from the Titans to get out of a contract they didn't want with AJ Brown. They didn't want to pay him that money that the Eagles ended up paying him, and they get a guy who you don't know if he's going to be good. But if he is, that's five years on the cheap at that wide receiver spot for maybe just as good production. One team that swung in a miss as far as wide receivers were concerned, the Green Bay Packers, a team that oh in several of our mock drafts we picked. And this can kind of segue nicely to wrap up the episode of the winner and loser of the draft. I think the Packers are the loser. Are the loser. Draft, right? By far. Like I made, I mentioned earlier. Not to say their picks were bad, though. No. Right? Like, well, I mentioned, so I mentioned in a previous episode, they are the first team in NFL history to take Two teammates on the same side of the ball and the same round of the same draft in NFL history. They they Georgia picked, linebacker Quay Walker, Georgia D tackle Devontae, Devontae Wyatt. Wyatt. Right, Devontae Wyatt, someone I would not have been mad at if the Steelers, if say both Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis were not there. Devontae Wyatt, not a terrible first round pick for no, the Steelers. No, that's what I'm saying. I think they picked talented guys, but it's just like. Pick one of them and use the other pick on a wide receiver. Sure, right? like, yeah. Just, just I t- personally would have gone with. I mean, again, I don't know the Packers' situation as well as the Steelers. I personally would have gone with Devontae Wyatt at twenty-two, and then a receiver at twenty-three. Well, here's at, the other at, thing that I'm going to criticize at twenty-eight. On. Yeah, sure. You have all this capital now. You traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders, right? You have two first-round picks this year. You never have that because you're the Green Bay Packers. You see this run of receivers start to go off the board. Saints are aggressive. Your your basement dwelling division rival Lions are aggressive, and they jump right. They the go game. out and get Jamison Williams. When sure. are you gonna be aggressive? Like when are you gonna like? Oh crap! Olave just went. Let's trade for up and get Jamison Williams. Like when are they going to do that for Rodgers? Clearly, never. If it's not, if it was, if it wasn't going to happen in this draft with the receivers starting to go and them having the capital to do so and move up to get one. They're just never going to do that. They're going to keep giving him piles off the scrap heap. Sure, maybe you'll get lucky and you'll get a Devontae Adams in the second round or something like that. But you're going to mostly just pick off the scrap heap and say, hey, Aaron, make them great. And it's just not going to work out. They're not, they are not going to win the NFC again this year if they can't get him a decent weapon, whether that be a tight end okay, or a wide Tom. receiver. They need something or they're not going to get out of the NFC. Okay, so I almost thought you said they're not going to get out of the NFC North. That's even with no, no they're receivers. They're still gonna. That. They're yeah, still gonna yeah, win yeah, that division. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The NFC though. The we NFC look at the is Rams a Rams and the Cowboys. Do you put the them in three? And maybe you got to start looking at the Eagles if Hertz starts connecting. Yeah, with maybe these guys. Do you put them in, 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 with the big three in mind? Tampa, the Rams, and Green Bay. I put them Green at f- Bay at number three. I put them at four now after this not getting a wide after receiver. After Dallas, I put Dallas in front of. Wow. Them. And you know what? I'm not that tempted, or I am kind of tempted to put San Francisco in front of them as well. Interesting. San Francisco without a first-round no first pick. pick, but they got everything they need. As long as they can make Debo happy, they got everything they need there. That's I think that's the key. Can you keep Debo happy? I mean, we've we've heard from 
the GM he, he saying he was the guy we thought was going to go, and then it ended up being AJ Brown and Hollywood Brown. He has no intention of letting go of Debo Samuel. The only issue, though, San Francisco doesn't pick until sixty-one. Yeah, and if they were going, if they loved somebody, they could have had the ammo to trade into the first round with Debo Samuel. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if they loved Chris Olave and said, "Well, let's just replace him with Olave." They were going to trade in and get Olave, right? Like they right. had, they had the biggest piece to offer as far as actual player value is concerned. I mean, they had the most logical. He wanted out. AJ Brown wanted out of <laughs> Tennessee at all. <laughs> I never heard a peep from AJ Brown. Hey, why would you want out of? But I think he is happier in Philadelphia. Did you see after the trade there was those? They showed that uh, him and Jalen Hurts have been playing catch actually in the off season and. They showed the video of Hertz FaceTiming AJ Brown. They looked really excited to to play. I did not, so but you know, a little, there's a little repartee going on between those two already. Can we now? I think this is a good segue as well. Can we get to our official winners and losers here? Yeah. So again, losers, I think, is clearly the Packers, right? Like that's just what are you doing? It's I have such no idea what they're doing. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. They won't pick again, and they're the biggest loser by far. Because like I look at everybody else, and I can't really pinpoint a team that I'm like, wow, what are they doing? Right? Like everybody else did things that are kind of that made normal sense and made for their sense, team, right? Like except maybe, for maybe New the England, Patriots. yeah, maybe the New England. That's the other England. loser I could say. But again, it's not but like they're a, not even that big of a loser. No, it's not that Green bad. Bay. They took a guard. You can always do good taking sure. a guard. The Green Bay Packers won't. Yeah. Sl- now, granted, they pick somewhat. Close. They have two second round picks, but they won't pick again until fifty three, right after, after the, the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. Do you think there's a company? Do you think there's a package of those those two picks to move up in the second round to maybe? No, I bet what happens there is they just sit there and whatever best wide receivers on their board there, they're going to take them. Well, I'll tell you, he's not like, going to be there. Out there, and it's like well, I it's don't a second round pick. If say Travis Jones is not there, but Christian Watson is. Packers aren't going to get Christian Jones or Christian Watson at 53 because he'll go at 52 to the Steelers. You think they'll take him? You they'll just take Watson if he falls. The if Steelers? it's not Travis Smith or Travis Jones, I'd like to think it's Christian Watson. So Maybe they have to jump up in front of the Steelers, right? Like, you know, I mean, just the or Steelers, man. or like, or it's I mean, Kansas City needs a receiver. It's also Sky Moore. I mean, Sky Moore could also be there. Chicago I think those could are, use a receiver. I think between those Baltimore two— Baltimore could use a receiver. I'm just naming teams sure, that are in yeah, front absolutely. of Green Bay right now that, you, to your point, they'd have to jump in front of. Cleveland could use a receiver. You know what I mean? There's teams, I, no, that, there's I, teams I that they'd have to jump agree. in front of if you're Green Bay. To but I think right now the two best options, and then you kind of get like a little fall-off, not a huge one, but the two best options remaining are Christian Washington and Sky Moore. I think that's obvious. Now, as far as our winners are concerned, I'm split between two teams. Okay, so we know one is Baltimore. Can I float out my second place yes. winner? Philly. Yeah, I think Philly's a good one. Jordan Davis. And then do you count it? You gotta count AJ Brown too, right? Because right. like that's part of the draft finagling and trading that they they were able to work out. So. I'm cool with them losing a first round pick just to get AJ, AJ, Brown. AJ Brown. Yeah. Again, it's more expensive than a first round pick would be, but hey, whatever. They think it's So worth that it. clearly wasn't where you were gonna go. Who did you have as another winner? This is a team that probably won't end up doing anything with their players that they picked. But the Jets, I think, did a great job. Wow, I think the Jets had a great draft. Sauce Gardner, I think, is a phenomenal defensive back. Garrett Wilson, we saw those highlight packages that you mentioned about Lynn Swan. He looks like an absolute stud. They get help for um, Zach Wilson. And then they trade back in and they get edge rusher Jermaine Johnson, who had been falling in the draft. 
later in the first round, so they get a nice edge guy for Robert Sala. Here's the thing, though, Tom. I I think, again, they might suck, but I think on paper, what a great draft from the Jets. It's a great draft. It's just going to be another year they got to wait because they're not going to win with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Well, they're also, as far as teams that are in the basement of the division that they're in, there might not be a team deeper in the basement than the Jets. When you look Who at has the Dolphins, team, the Patriots, right. and the Bills, just how good those three teams Who are. Who has a but, team that, a division where three teams could all make the playoffs and there's one that's guaranteed to not. Yeah, but again, those are three guys that I would like to have on my side, of sure. course, as you're trying to build forward to the future. So, But I think the Ravens, to kind of put a bow on it, were really made the, the big best winner move, just yeah. with... Kyle Hamilton, obviously, Despite falling in their lap. That, that was a fall in their lap kind of pick, absolutely. and they had to take it. That, that's a that's a Chargers with Rashawn Slater move. And then trading year. back in and getting Tyler Linderbaum with that number 25 overall pick. I mean, that's a guy that we have been saying is a darling throughout this entire draft process, and it stings to see him go to the Ratbirds like that. Really does, but... We were speculating maybe the Bengals, so we had the uh, wrong division rival as we far did. as where Linderbaum was going to land. We did. Well, we we also thought Linderbaum could maybe be available in that second round, and that's where the Bengals would have landed him. Yeah, he was falling a bit, but clearly Harbs Harbs was in love with this guy, right? And this is totally a guy that you would expect Harbaugh to pick. I mean, this is just a guy that was one of the biggest names coming out of the 2021 college football season. People said he could be Creed Humphrey, could, right? Like just slide right in and be one of the best. And I have a bad football. feeling, Tom. He's he could be better. Yeah, well, we've picked before on this show that we think the Ravens are going to go from worst to first this year and win the AFC North. And guess what? And These two picks re- certainly have a lot more yeah. ammo as far as that. Despite concerned. what Lamar Jackson may think. Despite, exactly, despite what he may think. Hey, we just got you potentially one of the best centers in football if he can reach that potential. All right, that'll do it for this day one draft recap episodes of the Steelers Standard. We will be back again next week with a full recap Going to be an exciting weekend tonight, rounds two and three, and then four through seven is on Saturday. Make sure you are tuning in to our coverage all across SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh as we will give you the best access to the Steelers draft. They're making the picks. They're coming right out, and they're talking to us, folks, so you want to be tuned in to that. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen, and this was the Steelers Standard.